Ramble Force. Chris Gamble here from the Digital Ramble, joined as always in Houston, Texas by JJ Cannon. Hey, mate. Hey, Chris Gamble. How are you, my friend? We are doing fantastic over here in Houston, Texas. Yeah, and we've just, you know, gone off the back of some great episodes. You know, we, we talked about it before, but we've had Google, we've had Josh, we've had Sonnen, we've had Oval Renewables in the last two or three episodes. And the view count is just going up and up, which we're hugely appreciative of. But we've got a huge guest on this week, JJ. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Episode 83, we have Carly Knobloch, and she is a lady of tech. And oh my goodness, Gamble, she knows a lot, man. She knows a lot about technology. I know, and I've followed Carly's content uh, since very early on myself entering this space. And I've, you know, followed her YouTube, early YouTube days. I followed her now on Instagram. Her stories are superb. And the way she communicates tech to everybody, to the whole audience is, is fantastic. And it's something that people should be tuning into, um, especially if you're presenting tech like what we do. We need to be looking at how people like Carly are presenting tech. And, and she comes up with some things that resonate with us. She's a big fan of less is more, JJ. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about that for quite some time, and I cannot wait to get into the conversation with Carly today. And friends, for those of you that are joining us for the very first time here on the Digital Ramble, if uh, you'd like to know more about the other episodes, take a look at our website at digitalrambleshow.com. We have all of our YouTube and Facebook, and we're on 11 podcast streaming services, and it's all under one so check it out at digitalrambleshow.com. Yeah, and also we've had requests from people asking how can they be on the show. The easiest way is to email us, digitalrambleshow at gmail.com, or use the contact us page on the website. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to say thank you so much to our Patreons who contribute to the show on a monthly basis. And if you'd like to help us uh, with supporting the show, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash digital ramble show. And uh, you can contribute as little as a dollar a month and help this uh, little show keep on going. Yeah. And before we get into the interview, I'd just like to encourage people to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, the, the Facebook posts that you see, retweet our, our, our tweets on Twitter, and even if you're feeling brave enough, call in to the show. Never mind email, never mind comments. Call into the show on the Anchor app. This is a underused feature that I think people should be doing to, to reach out to the show. If you've got a question that you want us to answer, you know the old saying, if you don't know, ask the Home Tech Pro. Ask these two Home Tech Pros and use the Anchor app for that. Record a message for the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm JJ Cannon, CEO of Digital Delight. You can find us at digitaldelight.com. We create incredible experiences for homeowners and small businesses all over the great state of Texas. And I'm JJ's co-host over in the UK, Chris Gamble from Customized at customized.uk.com. And we cover London and the east of England. All right, Gamble, I'm pushing the button. Go for it, man. Hey there, Ramble Force. We're back. We have our guest with us. We have Carly on episode 83. Carly, say hello to our audience. We're delighted to have you on. Hi, audience. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me. 
Super excited to have you on and joining us today. Folks, if you do not know who this lady is, she is the lady of tech. Would you please introduce yourself and let our audience know exactly where you're all invested? And I mean, it's everywhere, folks. So tune in, listen to what she has to say here. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I, I'm Carly. Uh, nice to meet you all. Um, over the years, I have become a, a tech lifestyle expert. Um, I really started about 10 years ago, just sort of seeing a hole in the market for, um, you know, for women. Uh, tech, personal tech was exploding. Uh, smart home tech was uh, just a little baby, but it was it's on its way. And I didn't really see a lot of voices in journalism that were speaking to women like me who were running a family, running a household, traveling for work, um, running their own business. And so I really set out to uh, create channels and stories where I could share what was going on in the world of technology through that lens. So I worked with, with uh, HGTV, um, the Today Show, local news here in Los Angeles, CNN, um, and, and all the top brands really to kind of help tell their story to that audience. That's awesome. And JJ, Carly's our first blue tick. We're so excited to have a blue tick on the show um, because Carly's so, so omnipresent on social media. Um, so at the end, we're going to shout out your, your social media handles because your stories are great and, and the content you create is, is huge value to people. So give me a little bit on the background. You know, journalism came up there. Is that, was that your, what, what you did in college or university? Is it, is it journalism you you mastered it? No, and I actually don't even still to this day feel like a real journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I kind of came into all of this very sideways. So not to go back too far on, I promise I'll make it digestible. But in the late 90s, I moved out to Los Angeles from Toronto, Canada. That's where I'm from, born and raised Canadian. Um, and uh, I started building websites for um, some of the first ever websites for film and TV studios out here in LA. So I had a whole career um, before I started having my family um, as a web designer and fell in love with technology, fell in love with the web. Um, and then uh, had my first child in 2001. And then he was six years old when the iPhone came out and I had a, sec a second child then. But there was a whole world of personal technology that had exploded. Um, I had always been a little bit more tech forward than your average like young mom and, and you know, woman and um, really just felt like there wasn't a lot of information that was being directed at women at that time. Um, so I started a weekly YouTube show where I would look at some of the common lifestyle headaches of um, women who were, you know, either young moms or just young working professionals um, and try to solve them with what I felt at the time were best in class solutions from the world of technology. And I was talking about some stuff that was just brand new, like Evernote, like Dropbox, um, like Dropcam, which later became Nestcam. Uh, yeah. And I was, I, I was on a panel with um, the founder of Dropcam uh, at a CES uh, many, many years ago. So just was kind of like in the mix there kind of early and uh, created this uh, weekly YouTube show that was called Digitoral um, that's now defunct, although you can go find all those old episodes and some of them really kind of hold up, which is, which is crazy. And then some of them are obviously quite dated. Um, and then that led to working with a, uh, the Today Show and HGTV. And then that of course um, brought, and, and not only working with those two um, 
platforms, but also just talking about tech got a lot of um, attention from these tech companies that were like, look, we're out in Silicon Valley, we're all 20 something guys, you know, we don't really know how to talk to women who are really making most of the purchasing decisions in the home. Um, and we love the way that you're speaking about our brand to this audience. And so I just kind of became a storyteller of sorts. Um, but going back even further, I'm an English lit major. Um, I, I was in rock bands all through high school and college. So I like performing, but I don't have really any on-camera training or filmmaking training or journalism training for that matter. I just kind of was really enthusiastic about what was going on in the, in the tech world um, and kind of just had an idea to put my own spin on it. And here we are over a decade later. You know, I was, um, I was taking a look at your website and I absolutely love your website, carlyk.com. And I really, I, I love how it's laid out. It's super clean, very easy to read. But I, I love how you're mixing family life with technology and how you're combining uh, how, how tech can benefit you in wellness, in wellness as well as in health, as well as how you can uh, incorporate it not only in your personal adult life, but how you're incorporating it into your kids' lives. Um, and, and it seems like wellness and health is a big factor of, of that and, and on your website. Could you tell us how you see maybe wellness and health uh, being a part of, of the home and of the family life and how you're using that in your website? Absolutely. And thank you <clears throat> for the kind words about my website. Um, obviously, my background was in web design and so I've, and just design in general. And so I've always just really thought that I wanted to bring an aesthetic to tech writing, to tech storytelling that I just don't often see. It's, it's always very kind of like straight and, you know, and, um, you know, just uh, masculine, quite frankly. And so um, I just really like to talk about uh, tech products that, that look beautiful in your home. I think a lot of people, men and women, are really trying to cultivate a beautiful space that they can feel proud of. I'm looking at both of your backgrounds, you know, where, you know, you're not, you don't have cables flying everywhere. It's, it's, you've cultivated um, a space. And I know that that's so important for your homeowners that you work with. And so um, I really try to make my website sort of a digital representation of the space that I want to live in. Um, and I think, I think it resonates with both brands and with uh, readers. Um, but back to your question, you know, for me, we've been through everything, right? We've seen every uh, fitness tracker, um, every, uh, you know, smart fork, um, you know, was at CES one year was one of the ridiculous things. We've seen every kind of tech thing that can be built be built, right? And at the end of the day, to me, the things that end up staying in my home and having a regular place in my life with my family are the things that solve a real problem, the things that really are additive to my life and my family's life. And so for me, wellness is such a huge space because um, let's, instead of using technology to find out data that, you know, we can't really use, that doesn't really make additional things possible in our lives. It doesn't help us reach our goals of feeling good and being well. You know, here come all of these great, uh, you know, pieces of technology, for example, you know, air purifiers, 
um, not just purifiers, but uh, you know, skylights that will open and close based on their readings of the uh, pollution levels in the air of your home. Most people don't know that sometimes indoor pollution can actually be worse than outdoor air pollution. So um, skylights that are going to open and close and help you continue to purify your home. Um, purifiers like Molecule that are going to use UV light to, you know, disinfect the air as it moves through the system. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, not only that, but hum humidity. So not just purification, but uh, air humidity. Research shows actually that it can make it harder for viruses to survive in your home if the air is at a certain humidity level. And we all know what dry air does to our noses and our, our throats and, you know, makes it harder for your immune system to work. So some of these things are like, okay, this is way more compelling, at least to me, than a Fitbit that was telling me how many steps I was taking. I mean, that's, that's important. And absolutely, you can use that to lose weight or to improve your, your health overall. But now I'm really looking at something that my family can use. I can set it and forget it. It becomes part of the fabric of my house and actually helps us all feel better. Um, so that's just one example um, that's especially relevant right now with um, viruses, uh, you know, floating in the air um, that we're all concerned about. And then another thing is just like how wellness, you know, things like LED light therapy and infrared saunas and the emerging science around those things that can really help do everything from improve your look, the look of your skin to help you with sleep, to help you with muscle recovery. Um, you know, some of these things aren't sort of proven by uh, Western medicine well enough yet that they become sort of common fact and knowledge, but more and more studies emerging um, that these things really help us, you know, help our bodies function better. So anyway, that was a long-winded answer. Oh, and then the last thing I was going to say is just, I think that um, all this social distancing that we've been doing has really been pushing forward telehealth, which I think is so great because for people to be able to have access a la carte to doctors without having to leave their homes. I know as a young mother, I would have loved to have been able to call a pediatrician in the middle of the night, you know, that kind of thing. Or if you're just feeling sick and you can't get yourself to a doctor. So I think, you know, again, these are, these are technologies that can really, really make an impact in people's lives um, that, that seem so much more relevant than a lot of the more frivolous tech uh, that we've seen come out of the space. Yeah, and as you know, we're in this period, we're coming out at the end of this lockdown globally, you know, as much affected where you are as we are in the UK. And we've had that prolonged period in our homes where I really hope it's given people some reflection on the, the quality of life that they're, that they're having, their family are having. And, you know, and, and maybe they're reviewing what technology can, can provide to them and resources like yourselves and, and resources put out there by local home tech professionals should be highlighting you know uh, a change to your home a change to the air quality a change to ventilation a change to, to monitoring health but you know another thing that's been challenging during this lockdown period is is the, the strain on the technology that's connecting us like our connection to the internet like our connection between devices like connections to to access homeschooling to work from home and you know family tech there isn't, you know, there's so much of it talked about family tech, but the, the things that helps at all is the connectivity. That's so vital. And I think it's shown 
a lot of flaws and weaknesses in people's homes. How's your home coped with the, with the strain? I know, you, you know you've got a busy household and, and what do you think could help people not have these issues, you know, particularly maybe in their home network? Yeah, it's such a great question. And there was an article pretty early on in the pandemic um, from the New York Times the, and the, the gist of it was like, turns out, and it's sort of similar to what I was seeing before, like turns out it, we didn't need all that technology. We didn't need all those gadgets. We really just needed strong Wi-Fi and a way to connect with other people um, and, and a way to stream content. You know, like that's really what's been at the core, I think, of most people's technology experience uh, sheltering at home. is like, how can I stream my Netflix and not have it lag or stutter? Um, how can I be on Netflix, my husband be on Zoom, my kids be on their video games, you know, and, and have nobody break down. Um, so I think, yeah, it's really the connectivity has been become more important than ever. So I do have a couple tips, um, you know, that we use in our home um, that I, you know, share with people all the time. But the first one would be call your internet uh, service provider, find out what you're paying for and then go to speedtest.com uh, and do a speed test and make sure that you're actually, your upload and your download speeds are matching what you're paying for. That's the very first thing to do that doesn't cost you anything, um, but just helps you make sure that there isn't a problem with your ISP. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, if you still have a modem from like the Obama era uh, <laughs> over here, um, but you know, if your modem years old already people sort of put a modem in their house and then they forget about it and they really kind of need to think of their modem a little bit more like a cell phone maybe you don't need to replace it every two years but you need to especially if you're having connectivity issues take a look at whether it's time to invest in a faster modem i think the, the what's the um fastest uh wi-fi right now like 802.118 yeah, wi-fi wi wi 6, wi -Fi wi -Fi 6. 6. Yeah, yeah. um that's a nicer way to say it uh, more <laughs> consumer friendly but yeah so is it running you know is it able to connect you to the fastest wi-fi protocol possible does it have the updated firmware um again sort of like the hardware piece and the software piece just like you would think of a cell phone you wouldn't, you'd want to make sure you're continuing to update the software on your cell phone, just like you want to make sure you're updating the firmware on your modem so that it's running all the most secure and the fastest um, that it possibly can. Um, and then also just consider getting uh, Wi-Fi extenders. I'm sure we're all trying to connect from different corners of our house. Now everyone's looking for a little corner of quiet for themselves if they've got a business call or uh, they want to watch some content or whatever. So if you're having connectivity issues in certain parts of the house, um, you know, using a system like Eero or like Google HomeKit or any Wi-Fi extender, <laughs> I said some magic words, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, th that can help you round out the connectivity and also in the backyard, if you have a backyard and the weather's nice to make sure yeah. that you've got great connectivity out there. I do so many calls from our patio and it's just, you know, again, it's another place to take advantage of if you've got a little apartment balcony or something, making sure you've got an extender that gives you robust Wi-Fi out there too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I was also noticing is that uh, on your website, you have a lot of blogs that, that you're writing. And one of the blogs is, you know, was touched on a, on a, uh, something that's very sensitive to, to gamble and I to where our, one of our mantras is less is more. 
uh, in the sense that technology at one point seemed to be an ode to technology, like a big <laughs> stack of gear. And honestly, uh, over the past several years, technology has really been able to be minimalized uh, uh, to, to, that you could do so much with so much less and still create a really sophisticated system in your home uh, and, and even in your, in your personal space. Are there certain aspects that, that, that you have gravitated towards that, that allows you to do that less is more approach there at your home? Absolutely. And it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was just talking about it with my son, who's 19. He's a digital music producer. Um, and I was saying, you know, when I met your dad, he was, you know, only just a couple years older than you are. And he had a basement studio where he was making music and just racks and racks of synthesizers. And, and you know, if you wanted new sounds, you had to buy a thing that looks like a, a DVD player and add it to your rack. Um, and, and that's how you got new drum sounds or whatever. Now he does everything, as you might imagine, on a laptop. Maybe he's using a MIDI keyboard if he wants to have some extra functionality, but I've seen him program entire symphonies with just his laptop keyboard. So it's, some of it is just a, a symptom of the times, right? And, and technology gets cheaper, smaller, more integrated into things. Um, but some of it is just you know, under the category of like, just because we can make it doesn't mean we should make it. Um, you know, I've been a big kind of vocal opponent of, you know, things like smart refrigerators that have huge touchscreens on the front of them. Um, you guys have, you know, seen them, maybe even installed them, I'm sure. I just don't know, you know, how much longer are they going to be supported by the companies that make them? We won't mention the names here. Um, but, you know, just because you can have a smart fridge, you know, again, I always come back to like, what problem is it really solving? And as you guys might imagine, I get sent tech all the time. I'm, I'm testing for my website or I'm working with a brand. There's so much stuff that cycles through this house. The stuff that really stays is actually quite minimal and it becomes either it becomes part of the fabric of what is important to us or it doesn't really. And it's pretty easy to tell after a while. And then if it doesn't, I, I don't want it around. There's no, you know, it's sort of like having, you know, 10 apps on your phone versus a hundred apps on your phone. Now you've got to make sure you're downloading the, you know, the, the, the updates. You've got to make sure that you, you've got enough bandwidth to run them all, um, you know, space to house them all. You've got to make sure you're managing a hundred passwords versus 10. I mean, just your life gets more complicated uh, exponentially the more stuff that's around. You've got to charge it all. You've got to, you know, again, make sure you're up to date on firmware and software. So I think it is just a matter of like, what really solves a problem? And I'll give you a perfect example because people ask me all the time, what's your favorite smart home stuff? Um, when we installed our smart garage door opener from Chamberlain LiftMaster, it solves, it's such a pedestrian thing, right? Like it's so not sexy, right? It's a garage door opener. It, it first of all, now my kids are out playing. They accidentally leave the garage door open. I get an alert on my phone. I never have to wonder whether it got accidentally left open all night and somebody's going to come in and take all the things that are in there from us. That's the first thing. The second thing, 
my kids have keyless entry now. They have an app on their phone, it opens the garage, we have a touch panel, smart lock on the interior door, and they come right in. So nobody needs a key, including a neighbor who I want to pop in, a dog walker. Uh, I also have a place for packages to be stored. Um, you can use you know, Amazon Key. Maybe you don't feel like uh, comfortable having someone come in your home, but you'd be happy to have someone drop packages in your garage. So from a safety perspective, um, from wherever I am on vacation at a restaurant, I can open my garage. If I leave something for a friend or a neighbor, they can come pick it up. Um, it just, you know, I can't tell you how many problems and, and uses that it solves. And it's just, it's a part of our house. It makes me feel a lot safer. Um, it's so much more convenient. Um, so, you know, again, to me, those things are like the things that endure, the things I can't live without now, as opposed to a lot of other things that just like everybody else, I have sitting in a drawer that I was really excited about when it was shiny and I got to open the package and take the seal off. And, um, and then, you know, three months later, six months later, it's like, oh, you know, and it just, it never really was worth the trouble. So um, that, you know, that it ended up being, because it has to be worth it, you know? People are busy. They have busy lives and to keep it updated, to keep it charged, to keep it, you know, maintained, it has to be really valuable. So that's always the litmus test, I think. You know, one of the constant threads in your responses that, you know, the two or three questions we, we pitched to you there is, is, is pain points, homeowner pain points, homeowner mm -hmm. friction points that they're having, that they're having and that can be relieved. And that's something that JJ and I have talked about since episode one. And even, you know, way before we started doing this weekly show, we talked about how we talk to our customers and, and review their pain points, much like a, I guess a, a doctor might talk to a patient and, and, and work out what's, what's the immediate problems that need addressed. Let's work on those and we'll show you our ability to deal with that and build up that trust. Um, because I believe that a lot of the pain points aren't always solved by themselves. It's not always DIY. And that's where the home tech pro becomes such a, an asset and an ally in your home, not just for that initial pain relief that you asked for, but the, the ongoing, the, you know, the introducing new Wi-Fi technology, introducing a, a new product as another pain point appears. Do you see a long future for the home tech pro as tech does become DIY, but also it becomes do it for me with people under a lot of time constraints. Yeah. And I would say not even people that are under time constraints, but just people who are really smart, well-educated people who don't know anything about technology. I mean, I think we, you and I live in a bubble, um, you know, of being really well-informed about the industry and how things work and just how things connect. I mean, there's just some basics that, you know, and it's not unlike uh, healthcare in that most people don't know a lot about how their own bodies work. Um, but technology certainly is, is even more foreign and alien. And, and there are lovely, smart people who want to know what it makes possible in their lives, but don't really want to spend a lot of time learning. You know, conversely, there's definitely people that want to go to the store, tinker, open a box, tinker with something and try to make it work. But that's a very a small minority. So I not on and and then I'll say another thing, um, both in support of the argument that home tech pros have a, a long, long future and lots of job security. But when I started working in the field of technology, 
smart home tech really had a bad rap, at least for me. I came in and I felt like this is a very um, uh, male-oriented field, a very uh, wealth-oriented field. This is an expensive proposition for people who have money to burn, who want their lights to change colors when they're watching their favorite football game, who want their um, media to sound you know, better than a home, you know, better than a theater that you go to. Um, it, you know, to me, I was like, that all sounds boring and sort of superfluous. Um, and it was only when Smart Home started answering those real questions. And, and again, those pain points, not to be a broken record, but it sounds like you're, you and, you know, we're all on the same page of how can it make my family more secure? How can it make my life more convenient? How can I feel safer in my home? How can I feel healthier in my home? Um, you know, those things started to ring bells, I think, for not only uh, my audience, but me as well. Um, so I think for both of those reasons, for the, for the council on what's out there, what's possible, and what's, you know, what is usable by the average person. Um, because again, I've always created content from the perspective that like, People aren't stupid. They're just busy. They they're intelligent people that are intelligent in other places. It's like it's like you know you don't think of yourself as someone who's not smart just because you don't do your own taxes. It's a it's a whole specialized field that some people are interested in really deep diving into, and some people are just like help you know just help me out. I'm happy to bring in somebody who really knows their stuff to make sure I don't make a costly mistake or. Uh, have all kinds of aggravation with a product that wasn't the right product to buy. Um, so I think that's it. And then the last thing I'll say is that, um, and I think um, you guys were asking about like what's in my smart home, uh, but my house in specific is a really interesting case study because I do have DIY products like Nest, like Sonos, uh, we actually are still TiVo users. I think we might be like of a handful, but we love our TiVos uh, and won't get rid of them. But then on top of that, I have a control four system. That's really the umbrella. And so, um, you know, we, I could talk for hours about how strongly I feel about certain use cases being really, really great for some of these DIY products and that that's really all you need. Um, and that's really a function of like, size and, and sort of having limited functionality, but then the bigger the home gets and uh, the more you want things to be integrated with one another, the more scenes you want to create um, and the more secure you want the whole system to be. Um, there's a lot of, you know, celebrity types out here in, in Hollywood and, uh, you know, not just sort of the anonymous house, but the house that's a little bit more high risk in terms of keeping things private. Um, so, you know, that's when you really want to move past a DIY system into something that a professional can install for you. And where the business model is, we sell you hardware, we sell you the maintenance, and then, and that's it. You know, we're not collecting data, we're not trying to glean information that we can use for our other businesses, like, you know, a Google or an Amazon might be doing um, or are doing, but, you know, so I think it's, I think, you know, those are some of the pros and cons um, and some of the use cases that I think put you guys in a position to have lots of job security because there's a certain, at a certain point with a certain size house um, or certain use cases, you're just not going to be able to go to Best Buy and buy everything you need and put it all together yourself. You know, you touched on one of our questions 
questions that we ask all of our, uh, you know, all of our guests already. And, and I don't know, you might have another one, but it's like, what is one of the devices that you can't live without? And it sounds like that, you know, that uh, Chamberlain garage door opener is, is one of them. And uh, are, are there any others that you would like to add to that? Or is there something that is available or maybe even not that you wish was that has, that you have a problem with that, that could be solved. Well, um, that's actually a, that provoked a, a little thought in my head, that last portion of the question, but yeah, definitely the garage door opener, but we've, we've discussed that. And I think, um, you know, we have Eero running an Eero system running in our house. Um, we've also used Google home. I think both of those systems are amazing just in terms of the uh, functionality of not only the strength of the system, but the ability to really see in the app, you know, what, what's working, what's broken, um, <clears throat> what's connected, what's not connected. Um, so I'm just, you know, loving those for consumers because I think it, just like a Nest thermostat, it, it peels back a whole layer of, you know, understanding of what's going on in your home, which is great, uh, but in a really digestible way, in a really, uh, you know, way that's easy for consumers to understand. Um, right now, I'm loving my electric bike. And uh, I am just using it to get away, um, which is really nice. Um, but I'm loving that, especially out by the beach, um, just to kind of have a little help when it comes to a hillside, but also get some exercise and, and fresh air. Um, and also, um, uh, when you said like something you wish was there, I've tested quite a few um, sleep headphones, sleep earbuds, the Bose sleep buds that were here, came and went, um, uh, Cocoon, which was that huge Kickstarter that sort of, you know, was delayed fabulously and then finally showed up. And none of them really solved the problem, but I use a white noise machine um, every night. My husband hates the, the noise, but he wants to stay married to me, I guess, so he tolerates it. Um, but if it could be in my ear and, uh, you know, do all the advertised promises that never really have been fulfilled, like uh, help me understand my, you know, brain waves when I'm sleeping and, and help, you know, and, and tone itself down if I'm in deeper sleep or bring itself back up if I get into more shallow sleep, you know, that would be amazing. I think sleep is so, so important to all of our health and well-being and our immunity. Um, so anything that can help me with sleep, uh, and I've tried them all, um, I'm, I'm always open to and hoping for. Well, if I could have something to help with my sleep, JJ and I, in our WhatsApp conversations, I've got a 17-month daughter, 17-month-old daughter, and oh my, God. my sleep pattern is destroyed. Just destroyed wrecked um, i remember it well walking zombie yeah but you'll there there is light at the end yeah, of that tunnel one day I, I, when you come, least I tell expect them, it embrace it embrace it <laughs> it only happens once so yeah. <laughs> so you know go, keeping it on the light-hearted note tell us about another character that features a lot in your social media stories and and, and posts who's marty he's a big part of of carly king oh. Marty is the love of my life. He is my two-year-old golden doodle. He is the size of my, my daughter, actually. Like he is, we call him man size and he's not quite as tall as my son, but he is 
I mean, when he's all stretched out, he's definitely over five feet. I mean, the dog is large um, and he's good for spooning and he's good for holding in these times of great despair and unrest. Uh, but you no, know, he's just the best, best dog ever. Um, he wears a fitness tracker every day called the whistle. Um, and I bought that when he was a puppy because it's also a GPS locator. So if he had somehow gotten away, I mean, he, I fell hard for him very quickly. So not only does he need to never, ever be lost, God forbid, knock on wood, um, but he also needs to live till he's 30. So as I learn the dog technologies that I'm going to need yeah. to employ to make that happen, I will definitely come back on the podcast and share with you. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's our doggy and he's just the best. He wears a GPS tracker, fitness tracker, and I have never had a taste for wearing a fitness tracker. I don't like the look of them. I don't really even care that much about my steps. Um, but it's fascinating how invested I am in checking his fitness tracking and make sure he's getting his steps and meeting his fitness goals. And it's kind of a way for me to know how I'm doing as well, um, uh, you know, by proxy. So, uh, you know, a little bit of tech on the dog never hurt. You know, that. that that's a, that's a cool idea. I've never thought of it quite that way in the sense that <laughs> dogs, I mean, they can communicate to you and let you know when they need to go out, but yes. are they really getting the fitness that they actually need on a, on a daily basis? You know, they can't say, Hey, I'm not getting my exercise on a regular basis, but through technology, you can kind of understand exactly what their particular needs are. I, I, I love that idea. I need to get my dog yeah. Especially if someone one. else is, oh, <laughs> especially if someone else is walking your dog, you know, yeah. not that you want to have, you know, a spy device, but it is kind of nice to know if you're away on holiday and you kind of check in with the fitness tracker and just see like, oh, you know, you got two, you know, 30 minute walks today or 50 minute walks or whatever your dog needs. And it's like, you know, that that's what was agreed upon and it happened for him. And you can kind of just rest easy that uh, he's getting well cared for. So he or she. Cool. Let me ask you: tacos or sourdough bread? Which one? Uh, you know, there only can be one winner. Which one are you uh, in favor for? Is I that a tough this, choice? It's so tough. Well, okay. So here's here's the 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 real answer. It's I think it's tacos forever. But oh. I'll tell I'll tell you where <laughs> I've been on my journey. So I grew up in Toronto, Canada. I think the only Mexican food I was conscious of was Taco Bell. I don't think I've actually actually ever been into a Taco Bell. And I'm like, I'm a total fast food girl, like, you know, in and out, you know, weaned on McDonald's when before we all knew better. Like, so I'm not against fast food, but Mexican fast food, I, just, I never had it when I lived in Canada. Moved out to LA. Um, and oh, and I studied French because, you know, I'm Canadian. Um, then right. moved out to LA wish someone had offered Spanish as an option because now I could really use that. <laughs> don't, don't speak Spanish as well as I speak French, but came out to the land of sushi and tacos and was, had to be indoctrinated from, you know, from point zero, but I love my tacos. I love them oh, so yeah. much. Um, especially out here in California, they're like Baja style. They're super fresh. And I just, you know, again, hot sauce, had to had to start from zero. Never had hot sauce on my table as a kid. Now it's like we bring a bucket to the table because everyone has their different hot sauces that they care for. So instead of bringing six or seven, we can. I just have like a caddy that I put down on the table. So definitely tacos forever. Now in 
quarantine, I have been really diving deep because most of my family is gluten-free. Okay. And there's nobody's, you know, um, a celiac or anything, but everyone just feels much better uh, gluten-free. So I have wanted to really learn and understand the very sort of deep knowledge that some people have about how to create sourdough that's like just as good, but doesn't use flour and therefore doesn't have gluten. And it's super nerdy. It's, it's very technical, um, which is, I think, what is appealing to me. So while in quarantine to stay sane and have something to direct my focus on, I've been really learning how to bake gluten-free sourdough bread. And it's fantastic and to have fresh baked bread that everyone can eat and everyone loves and it's not the gluten-free like sawdust that you can buy at the store um has been really fun uh and and you know whereas mostly i don't have the time because uh, it does take hours and hours between the proofing and the rising and the proofing again and the baking and then the cooling and all of that it really takes all day um, so, but in a quarantine, what else do I have to do? So I've been really diving deep and it's been wonderful, but I think on a desert island, it would be tacos. Cool. JJ, we've managed to squeeze in another conversation about bread. Carly, my home tech device I couldn't live without was my Panasonic bread machine, where yes. I do my seeded bread, my brioche, my pizza dough. And JJ thinks I'm crazy that that's my, can't live without tech, but I've, I've taken the mantle of my household. I am the, the bread maker and the breadwinner. Well, <laughs> that's excellent. And it's so funny that you say that because I have a Zojirushi bread machine that I have never used. And I just like the, like I've been cooking my bread in uh, like a Dutch oven. Um, I've been making my pizza on the grill and like all that kind of stuff. But I, we should talk after because okay. I want to know how you're using it and, and why you love it because I might, I might have to pull it out and start using it myself. Awesome. Hey, Carly, where can our audience find more about you? You know, we talked about your website, carlyk.com, but where else are you invested in people? If they want to engage with you to learn more about you, to, to start communicating where can they do that at? Yeah, well, so um, thank you for asking. And so my website is Carly, and it's Carly with an E-Y. That's always the little one little letter in there that trips people up, but it's carlyk.com. Um, I'm Carly Noblock, which is a little bit, you know, harder to spell, but uh, you can find me there on Instagram. Um, that's where I am the most, I think. Um, but you can also, you know, just you know, jump into my contact form on my website and send me an email. I love, you know, chatting with people and we end up, it ends up always being great um, inspiration for further content creation. People ask me questions and I'm like, that's a great question. And um, I'm sure there's more than just that one person that wants to know the answer. Um, so that's always fun. Um, but I'm kind of everywhere. I'm Twitter, Facebook, um, mostly Carly Noblock is my handle on all of those different platforms but i would say instagram is really where i hang out the most and um it's uh you know definitely where i'm most invested but you can kind of find me any place and then also just like a good google because um all the content that i created for hgtv um all of the videos that i've done that are on nbc um they're a little bit harder to find you know in my archives and just kind of easier to sort of google my my name and uh 
and a topic that you like and chances are I've created content on it somewhere, some year, uh, and it's out there. Well, Carly, we're both huge admirers of, of what you do and, and the content you create. And what I admire most is the, the way you communicate it to homeowners, male and female. I think you communicate, communicate it very clearly that people understand the benefits. They maybe understand why they should and shouldn't have certain tech. So, you, you know, you're always showing, you know, what you should have, but maybe things to maybe bypass and wait for, for other things to arrive, like maybe refrigerators and another tech that we talked about today. So keep doing what you're doing. We're huge fans and everybody listening and watching, please go and share and follow Carly's content. Thank you guys so much. It's been so fun to talk to you. And, and I'm also a huge admirer of how you guys communicate to customers and um, you're installing the products that have great reputations that are likely to continue to be around and to be safe for people to use um, going forward and uh, keeping it really simple for people, which I think is, is half the battle. So um, I think we're all on the same page and uh, it's just been so fun to chat with you. Hey, Carly, just real quick, and it's something that's, you know, off, uh, off the path of, of our, you know, questions here, but Gamble and I, we both have uh, girls and that, that we're raising. Do you have anything that, that you would like to share with maybe our female audience, maybe our younger female audience about technology, things that they might want to consider maybe as a path? Of, uh, of growing up or things that they might want to be aware of. I'm sorry to catch you off guard here, but I no, uh, no. just wanted to throw that out to you. That's such a great question. And it's, it's, um, it's so interesting because uh, your kids are these ever evolving, you know, houseplants, right? And it's like, you just, it's so, uh, you know, I have a 15 year old now and a 19 year old. So I'm getting towards the end of, you know, them really being, or me rather being their primary sphere of influence. Like they're, you know, out, I mean, my poor son who was out in the world having, enjoying his first year of university in Manhattan, uh, now, unfortunately is back home in his bedroom and, uh, that's sad. Um, but you know, sort of like a fully, realized person, young person, um, being launched into the world. And when they're little, you, you don't quite know, you know, where they're going to land. And so you just kind of want to expose them to all kinds of things. And also just remind them that, oh, this is such a big question. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like think how to speak clearly. I think for me, it was always very important simultaneously, like on the one hand to really show them what I was doing on my computer. Cause I think, you know, kids, uh, there's an epidemic of, of attention deficit with parents, right? We're always looking at our screens and it's like, hang on just a second, hang on, you know, and kids get the message that they're not as important as whatever is on the screen, right? And so every opportunity that I could take to show my kids, like, here's what WordPress looks like. I'm publishing my blog right now. It's gonna go live in a minute. Or here's what, um, you know, Photoshop looks like I'm creating artwork for this roundup that I'm doing about toasters or whatever. Um, and, you know, here's uh, my social media profile and I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bunch of content ready to be scheduled this week around a campaign about, you know, air quality. So it was, it was 
opening their eyes to the world that I was building in my professional life. So I think that's always really important. I always also would tell parents and try to maintain in my own home that my kids had a much longer leash on their exposure to technology and their ability to use technology if they were creating something rather than consuming something. And so from an early age, they understood the difference between playing a video game and programming your own video game. And if I knew that my kids were spending time creating digital music or creating digital art, or they were writing uh, their first little novel, which my daughter did when she was single digit age. And it's wow. hilarious. So we just <laughs> found it again and we were reading it and it was ridiculously funny. Um, you know, or, or programming. Um, that they knew that they had a much longer, uh, you know, uh, that, that I was uh, willing to allow them more time to create using digital tools and, and showing them how I was creating with my own digital tools was important to me. And then th all of that said, um, I've got one who has always, always been about music. He started DJing when he was nine, um, DJed all the way through high school, uh, now is a digital music producer and he's studying music at NYU. And then I have a, a daughter who has always been very musical, but much more, um, you know, away from the computer and very athletic and physical. Um, now she wants to be a, a biomedical engineer. I don't even barely understand what that means, but I think it has something to do with making body parts with a 3D printer. And this is all very fascinating to her and she's very interested in medicine. Neither one of them wanted to learn how to code, really, even though I sent them to coding camps and bought them, you know, to software to learn. And, and of course, all kinds of toys came in the house that we were testing that let you program, you know, little baby coding lessons and learn, let you program little robots. Um, neither of them gravitated to it. So you sort of do what you can. But ultimately, I just feel like letting them know that whatever makes them happy is something that you're going to nurture and support is kind of the way to go. I hope that wasn't too long winded a question ah, to answer, it. but yeah, it was amazing. No, I enjoyed that. It's fantastic. Now, Carly, we always close out the show with the same phrase every time. And that's, if you don't know, ask a home tech pro. I love it. If you don't know, ask a home tech pro. I think it's brilliant. Cool. Or ask Carly. Ask Carly, yes. <laughs> she knows more than she knows more than us. Oh no, guys. I gotta go I, uh, back to the to the books. No. <laughs> oh great. my god, you guys. No, this was so fun. And uh, I love what you guys are doing. Alright, we'll start up. I don't think you even had recording on. Thank you, Jimmy. Great, we're recording. So, we're live in five, not live in four, three. That's it. I don't know what else to say. But yeah, he works. And um, thank you. Just thanks for including right. me. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. It's been right. wonderful.